Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Let's go, girls. Come on. I'm going out tonight. I'm feeling all right. Radio in the great outdoors. Here's one for the ladies on International Women's Month. How about that? Welcome into the show. Mark Cox here along with my partner, Bo Matthews, and producer uh, Carl Middleman. Hi. Got a great show for you today. Male, female, yes, we do. whatever you identify as. We got a great show for you, don't we? Great soundtrack. Great soundtrack. Um, hey, uh, just uh, at the top of the show, I just want to mention thanks to everybody who put up with me. Pumping up the poker bash, uh, but we did have grand success. Raised over sixty-one thousand dollars in wow. one day. That's amazing, and it is amazing. And Chief Wiegand is so excited. Uh, it's just, it's to support those uh, Eureka police officers out there. It's a great community. It's a growing community. They're growing by leaps and bounds. And Mark, thank you so much for spending so much time on your Sunday uh, playing and and hanging out. I didn't have hardly two seconds to talk to you because it was so dang busy, but. It was a great event. Yeah, Bo, thank you for letting me take part. Now, are did you make the final table this year? No, no, no. I didn't, but I did make it through the fourth break. You know, oh. remember we took breaks like every 45 yeah. minutes to an yeah. hour. I made it through the fourth break. I'm breathing easy. I still got a small, you know, stack of chips, chipping a chair, as they say, and I got knocked out on the first hand. Oh, right after that fourth break. I didn't, so, I didn't even make the second break, so you were doing great. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, yeah. You put that bounty on my head, and then some nice lady knocked me out uh, pretty quickly there. So, Well, it was International Women's Month. So, it's true. Yeah. That's true. You're welcome. I didn't, and I wasn't getting any good cards. I don't know who was who, who uh, whoever was dealing, and I was dealing sometimes, obviously, as we moved around. I just never got any decent cards, right? Yeah. it's it, Part of it's playing the game, but <sighs> yeah. but it's got a big part of the cards. Um, but I, I do want to mention that it was interesting because we, we raffled off and, and uh, we got rid of, well, we, we had a lot of winners of firearms. We had pistols, 22 pistols. We had shotguns. We had a Glock. Uh, we had a Henry. Beautiful, beautiful gun. And, you know, we raised a lot of money just on the Glock and the Henry, uh, thanks to Doc's uh, Guns and Ammo out in Eureka for providing those. But here's the problem. This was the small hiccup that we had. The people that were buying the tickets for the raffle uh, were both from Illinois. 
and the Glock could not be sold to that person because of the laws in Illinois. Wow. So the Eureka Police Officer Support Fund worked a deal with the guy. We gave him money that would have you know paid for the the Glock. Right. And he did go into docks and then bought a gun that was legal, probably a revolver, I guess, in Illinois. But yeah, that was that was kind of crazy. I'll bet uh, we'll that that happened. That. You know. Yeah. But all those, all but, those, all of our friends in Illinois face those kind of challenges these days. That's a shame. And that's the purpose of this uh, this radio show, Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. But again, just overall, thank you everybody to uh, for donating, sponsoring, playing, spending time with us, drinking. Uh, we had a great time. You know what I won, don't you? Silent auction item. You know what I won? Oh, what? Don't you? I what? I managed to win the one year membership to St. Louis Skeet and Trap. Oh, did you really? Very excited. I got <laughs> I got a family membership to St. Louis Skeet and Trap. So I'm certain that, that my son and I are going to be utilizing that a lot because he's a much better shooter than I am. So Is this the out. point where I should ask you to adopt me so I can go <laughs> into that same membership? You can go with me. I think I can get the discount if, as, long, as long as you're with me. That's I'll be good. your brother from there another mother. How about brother, that? Brother Bo. Uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, you know, coming coming up in May, there that's uh, St. Louis Skeeton Trap is doing a big event that we're going to talk about in a couple of weeks. Uh, so yeah, that's exciting. Looking for yeah, that was fantastic, and I appreciate uh, all of your hard work. Uh, seventh annual. So be sure and make your plans now for next spring to participate in the eighth annual, and we'll all have a good time together. You can see what a bad card player I am. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's it's good stuff. Hey, uh, coming uh, up, but we got lots of stuff to talk about. Lot, lots of moving parts this week. Um, did you see the Tucker Carlson tapes? I did. How about that? I did. <clears throat> now this is interesting because uh, his show has had those tapes for about three weeks, and if you haven't seen them, these are videos that you have never seen uh, in in all of the January sixth, uh, you know, investigation and all the TV shows that they did with it. Uh, this has rocked the world, but you know what? You're not seeing it everywhere, so you really got to hunt it down. It's it's kind of sad. the The other media, sad. instead of asking for access to the same tape, are instead spending their time criticizing Tucker for showing it. And and what's fascinating to me is who who all is critical of it, including a lot of Rhino Republicans like Mitt Romney and Mitch McConnell and others. Um, who, who didn't think the tape should be released. If you've watched it, and I've watched all that's been released, there's nothing in there other than high-angle shots of the Capitol, the, the rotunda area, the, the, the hallways. There's nothing that gives away security clearance problems or anything like that. It just shows a different picture from what they want you to see. That's it. Okay. Period. You were there that day. You were nearby that day in Washington, D.C., and as I was watching it, because I, I re-watched it last night, actually, and I, I wanted to ask you, um, the feeling of outside, um, the, outside of the Capitol building that day, did you feel that it was organized? Did you feel like the, the you know, it was an armed insurrection? We've heard these words hammered so, over and over and over. And then I saw Chuck Schumer uh, in, in, the, in the house saying, Tucker Carlson should not be able to play, you know, any more of these videos that he put out last night. They, you know, uh, Rupert Murdoch, you should take down that show. Well, my goodness, talk about uh, getting your hand caught in the candy jar. He wants to censor uh, the, the because it, it doesn't fit their narrative. No, Bo, uh, I was in the crowd at the Ellipse. I listened to the president speak. I walked down Constitution Avenue to the Capitol building for a rally. That's what was supposed to happen there. Everybody yep. gathered out on the lawn. And then up in the front, probably 75 yards 
in front of where we were, suddenly we hear some flashbangs. We're not quite sure what's going on because we weren't there to go in the Capitol building. We were there to listen to speakers outside. And the next thing you know, there's tear gas. There's, you know, you can see something's happening. We were far enough back in the crowd. None of that was clear to us. So it's just what Tucker said this week. There were a group of agitators. Capitol Police should have been warned in advance that they were coming. There was plenty of intelligence up front that they were coming. Nothing was done about it. There were no additional preparations taken. Uh, the fencing there were requests that, put in. Yeah, the fencing that went up didn't go in until afterwards. Well, that's too late. Um, they, they could have avoided that whole thing. Instead, somebody allowed it to happen so they could hang it around the neck of Donald Trump. And I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, the fact that we're just now seeing the video is also disturbing because there's there's no security issue involved here. It's so video. a question yeah. question for only somebody that was there is, you know, we I, I remember seeing the people climbing the walls outside the Capitol building. <clears throat> yes. In, in your in your uh, memory, do you remember did that climbing and that, you know, that, you know, Planet of the Apes kind of feel <laughs> was it after the, the, the flashbangs or was it before? Were they were they some, like, you know, some, just, of it, some of it was after. Right. Some of it was people wanting to get a better view Probably because if you were up higher, you would be able to see people who were speaking or whatever. You'd be able to see the audience a little better. Others right. were people who decided they were going to go up and go inside the Capitol, which was dumb. The Capitol was closed. Most of the people there didn't go there to go inside the Capitol because they knew they couldn't get in the Capitol. So you, I think you had people who intended to get in. Uh, who were agitators. You had other people who got caught up in the moment who went in. You got people like the QAnon shaman guy who got convicted of leading this whole thing. And if you look at the video of him walking through the Capitol with officers who were completely unconcerned about the guy, they were opening doors for him. You you really start to question the narrative that we've been told about January 6th. And you should. And you should be applauding what Tucker Carlson's doing and uh, not criticizing it because the well, public needs to know this. And, and if you are opposed uh, to watching uh, Fox News, that's fine. Go find it on a different source. Now, by now, it's kind of like the Twitter files. It eventually is, you know, getting on different platforms. So hopefully, you will see it. If you haven't, this is the biggest story they compared to nine eleven and yeah. and many, you know, uh, battles before. Go watch the videos. This is what uh, Second Amendment uh, and the Great Outdoors is all about. Absolutely, you need coming to up, protect yourself. We're going to speaking of protecting yourself. We're going to talk to Missouri Senator Nick Schroer, find out his thought. He was a co-sponsor on the SAPA legislation. A federal judge has thrown it out this week. We're going to get an update from him, and also we're going to talk to Emily Porter in honor of International Women's Month and more women getting involved in the hunting and shooting sports. It's coming up on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Mark Cox, Bo Matthews, and Carl Middleman, our executive producer, is always part of the show. This segment is brought to you by Razorback Armory. And a matter of fact, I was at Razorback Armory this week awarding the winner from the Poker Bash of that G-Force Arms uh, 12-gauge, Tom Keatley. Uh, He owns uh, Saucy's, who donated all the pork for our Poker Bash, but congratulations to him. And uh, he actually won the same gun two years ago. But you know what? You wow. You can't complain about that. How many tickets and it's did not he rigged. buy? <laughs> it's not rigged. He bought one. That's your uh, kidding Anyway, me. you uh, want to learn more about uh, the wonderful store that is Razorback Armory, go to RazorbackArmory.com, find their address, and get in there right off 270 on Manchester Road. All right. Uh, this guest uh, is in the know of what's going on with the uh, SAPA bill uh, that was signed. It was signed and it was passed in 2021, but it is under fire, no pun intended, uh, Missouri Senator Nick Schroer, good to talk to you again, sir. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Yeah, um, so uh, w- where are we at at this hour? Uh, because it seems like all the work that was done for the, the SAPA bill, uh, it just seems like it's just it's just didn't mean anything. Talk to me. Well, you know, we, we knew the Democrats were going to try to challenge this, just like they did with my bill back in 2019, the heartbeat bill, just like they've done with any type of conservative action from the legislature. They, we knew that they were going to take this to the courts and uh, spoke with our attorney general, Andrew Bailey. Uh, he indicated that he is fighting this thing, and he's very confident that the uh, the courts are going to take this up. It's going to go through the appellate process, um, and that's where it kind of gets a little shaky. So let's say we win on appeal, and then it guts up to the Supreme Court. Is the Supreme Court going to take it up? Um, but and this is quite silly because when you look at the power of the states per the Tenth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, we have the ability to to do a lot of things that aren't specifically given to the federal government within the uh, the founding documents. And this is one when it comes to enforcement of federal laws, it's not on us. There's nothing in the Constitution that says that we have to use our resources, our people, our law enforcement officers to enforce federal law. And that's basically what the Second Amendment Preservation Act said, is, you know, if they're going to pass unconstitutional laws, especially this Biden administration that has said, hell yeah, we're going to take your guns, 
you're not going to use our people, our men and women, and put them at risk within the state of Missouri to enforce those laws. So that's why I'm very confident. The attorney general is very confident that this thing is going to be restored once it goes through the appellate process. Yeah, I think so. Nick, uh, good morning to you, my friend. Good to talk to you. Yeah, thanks for having me yeah, on again. Absolutely. You know, I heard I heard attorney Brad Young on with Mark Reardon uh, earlier this week, and he said that he, he thinks there's two different things going on here. He believes that Missouri's on firm footing when it comes to their ability to tell police officers in Missouri that if if there is a ruling that comes down from Washington that violates the rights of Missouri citizens that we have a right as a state to tell our police officers not to cooperate in, in the enforcement of that. Um, 100%. Yeah, he, that, that's what he believes. Now, he thinks that if it comes to not enforcing some you know, some federal law or fighting against it or something like that, that, that may be something the court. What this judge did, he threw the whole thing out. Yeah. And I think that's why they're going to lose this on appeal. Okay, keep in mind, back in uh, 2019, when we passed the heartbeat bill, we knew the Democrats were going to come after that. They said it specifically when we filed the bill. Same thing happened with the Second Amendment Preservation Act. But the courts, through the through, through the process, uh, the heartbeat bill, uh, there was a three-judge panel in the Eighth Circuit that threw the whole thing out, but then they realized, holy cow, we, we screwed up. They first time I've ever seen this happen on their own motion, they went back in and they said, all right, we're going to have to rehear this thing. Uh, the courts do screw up. There are plenty of times when, you know, throughout my tenure in the Missouri House, now in the Missouri Senate, or even when you just look back in history, where the courts don't get it right. And eventually these, these rights are, uh, are made whole. And I think this one is going to be the same thing. I think we've got a, uh, a judge wanting to legislate from the bench who's, who's not reading the entirety of this bill. This thing has been ran over by tons of attorneys uh, in, in the process of getting it to the Missouri House floor, to the Missouri Senate floor. I spoke with uh, Eric Burleson, Senator Eric Burleson, who's now a congressman, uh, and, and he was very specific to work with law enforcement groups, to work with legal advocates for the Second Amendment that made sure that when this thing did go through the courts, it was going to uh, be made lawful, so to speak, and not not be turned over by these uh, these rogue judges. So, yeah, I'm confident after speaking with uh, our, our attorney general, he's got a team fighting this right now. And the way that this is structured, looking at a lot of attorneys uh, who have commented on this, I think we are going to get this thing restored sooner rather than later. Yeah, Nick, I, I don't know um, if you if you even have the answer to this, but I, I, I do know, speaking to a number of police chiefs in the area, they did have some concerns about the some of the wording in this bill. It was my understanding that that some of those police chief organizations had brought a legal challenge. Is that the one this judge ruled on, or is this from a different group? Do we know? I'm not sure. I think I think this is from a different group. I could be mistaken, but I do know specifically when the the bill was in limbo between the Missouri House and the Missouri Senate. These law enforcement groups are brought in because there were some concerns with some of the amendments that were put on. We addressed those amendments and and met all of the concerns from these law enforcement groups and the lobbyists, the guys that are paid to advocate for these groups, 
that, you know, meet with them on a daily basis, come up and say, hey, here's the concerns. Here's our language that we would recommend you put in here to fix it. And all of that was done. The sponsors in the House and Senate worked with law enforcement groups. Uh, so that's why I was kind of taken aback when there were some in, some uh, individuals that came out saying, you know, they, they were they were not kept in the process. They were not educated on what this bill did. But uh, to, to your question, I don't know if if law enforcement groups are the ones that challenge us. I think this is coming from a left wing uh, radical group that, you know, had this in their in their sights ever since the day that it was filed. All right. Yeah. Missouri Senator Nick Schroer is our guest uh, on Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. Um, you know, for those people that, you know, that, you know, live in Missouri because of the gun laws that you can conceal carry, heck, you can open carry in a lot of places. Um, why should people that don't really engage with what's going on in Jeff City right now, why should they care about this story? Well, I think, you know, when, when it comes to, again, our constitutional rights are our states' rights. I, I'm a huge believer in our states' rights. When you look at the Constitution, you look at the Tenth Amendment, there are things that are specifically given to uh, the federal government. The rest comes to the states and the people therein. I, I, I've seen through my lifetime those rights being uh, dwindled away, the federal government stepping in and taking some of these states' rights. So this is a states' rights issue, just like we saw with uh, the, the Dobbs decision and overturning Roe v. Wade. There's nothing in the U.S. Constitution that says there's a right to an abortion. That is a right. states' rights issue. Uh, so I think if you were wanting to protect the Constitution, if you're wanting to protect your Second Amendment rights, you are going to want this uh, this decision by the judge that that took away the Second Amendment Preservation Act to restore it, to, to ensure that our Tenth Amendment rights are, uh, are being honored. And, you know, we've got a lot of good, good bills. I presented two strong Second Amendment bills this week in committee. Hopefully they're going to get voted out uh, as soon as we get back from this legislative break, which that's a whole different story, which I'm upset about. Um, but I, no, com- we've, we've I covered all- that this week on my show. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard, I heard you on Friday with a, with a colleague of mine. We are we are not happy whatsoever. There are a lot of good issues that uh, we could have stayed in, could have addressed these issues. And I'm hopeful a lot of these things are going to get addressed once we get back from this uh, unnecessary break. Well, let, uh, Nick, let's talk about those other bills you were talking about. Is that is that uh, SB 224? Because uh, we've, got a, we've got a crime problem in St. Louis. We've had a crime problem on the metro trains forever. Didn't you introduce a bill to that would, that would modify the provisions maybe to allow concealed carry holders to carry on transit? Yeah, and that's a that's similar bill, uh, identical language from my predecessor, Senator uh, Bob Onder, who yes. – he, he had sponsored this. He had passed it out of the House. Uh, Adam Schnelting, which I know you've had him on uh, your your weekly show, he's sponsored in, in the uh, House, and you know we passed it back and forth. We've never gotten it to the governor's desk. So that was one 224, which um, I'm very hopeful that this thing's going to get passed out of committee, hit the Senate floor very soon. But, yeah, we do have a crime problem. From Kansas City, Columbia, to St. Louis, I can just pull up article after article of criminals not abiding by the law, not abiding by the prohibition that says you cannot take your guns on public transit. Criminals aren't listening to that. And people are being victimized. People are being murdered. They're being injured. And you can you can see that in the, the very biased media. They're still reporting on that stuff. So this would allow Missourians to uh, lawfully carry law-abiding citizens to protect themselves going to and from work, a lot of them in these inner cities and poor neighborhoods, 
they don't have the ability to buy a car. They don't have the ability to get to work any other way than public transit. So this would give them the equal footing that you and I have when we've got our concealed carry on in our vehicle. This would allow them to protect themselves, whether they're walking to the bus stop, walking home or or being on the bus, which we've seen a lot of people victimized. And then similarly, 225, the next bill after that was one that I've had uh, passed out of the House even just last year, which it's a sword and a shield effect for the Second Amendment. If you're going into a business uh, as a business invitee, if I am stripped of my right to protect myself, if you say, no, you can't carry your guns in here, then that business owner has the duty to protect you. So there is a cause of action. It is a very strict cause of action. Um, you'd have to prove a lot of good stuff to show, but for that that repeal, but for that gun-free zone, I would have been able to protect myself from whatever injury I sustained. That is the sword aspect of it. The shield aspect is if you are a business that is allowing people to lawfully conceal carry, then you will be protected from any liability that happens. So if somebody does uh, pull their gun and protects themselves and the criminal, as we've seen so many times, if the criminal is going to try to go after the law-abiding citizen or the business owner who's got the deep pockets, uh, they're going to be protected in Missouri courts by saying, no, look, you're a criminal. You violated this person's constitutional rights. There's consequences to it. You're not going to be able to sue me now. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely. Yep. Senator Nick Schroer is our guest. Uh, uh, just one more question. You know, I was looking at, uh, 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 I guess it was a Google map, uh, just of the St. Louis metro area, and it is amazing how much St. Charles has just cr- it's grown, it's packed in. So I would think that, you know, mass transit would be, you know, wanting to go out that way, you know, from the city, f- from St. Louis County out there so people can, you know, shop and they can work and, and use mass transit, which, you know, it seems like our mass transit is just Stalled so many years ago, unless you consider mm-hmm. the trolley. Um, but uh, with with the idea of downtown St. Louis being so dangerous right now, uh, the state takeover of the St. Louis Police Department, they say, is moving close to the governor's desk uh, this week. So where are we at on that? Well, I'll tell you, you know, the whole mass transit issue coming out in St. Charles County, even though the Metrolink hasn't been expanded, even though mass transit hasn't been expanded, crime, the, the crime that Kim Gardner does not prosecute that Tashar Jones allows within 100%. the city of St. Louis, it seemed to make its way out there, despite the fact that uh, we don't have Metrolink. It's coming out in St. Charles County anyway. So, yeah, we need to address the crime aspect before we even have a conversation on expanding mass transit. Um but no, the the, the police bill, uh, which is one that I've sponsored in the Senate, it has made its way from the House over to us. So hopefully that's going to be a bill we're going to deal with as soon as we come back. Uh, the special prosecutor allowing the governor to appoint the attorney general or someone, possibly Nick Schroer. I'm kidding. He's not going to appoint me, but I would love that <laughs> if he would appoint me to uh, to tag team with Kim Gardner and actually prosecute these criminals. Uh, but no, those are things that, uh, you know, the momentum has, has built up. We've got uh, these bills moving forward in the House. We've got them moving forward in the Senate, uh, very close to the governor's desk. So these are reasons why I am incredibly upset we decided to take a quote-unquote spring break instead of doing the people's work. But these are things I've got my sights on, protecting our Second Amendment rights, getting rid of all the crime in the city of St. Louis so we can have those conversations about uh, how we can expand mass transit, how we can allow people to go to and from a safe city instead of the hellhole that uh, St. Louis has become. Missouri Senator Nick Shore, District 2, we appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Absolutely. God bless you guys. Yeah, we'll have you on again soon. Good to get to Nick on here, get an update on all of that stuff, particularly the, the SAPA court challenge.
I'm, uh, I'm, I, I actually call him uh, uh, Senator Nick Norris because I believe he's Chuck Norris's, <laughs> Chuck Norris. you know, long lost brother. Have you seen the beard the guy grows? My oh, gosh, I have, I have. And if you go to his office, <laughs> if you go to his office, I assume this has moved from his house to his Senate office. Although I haven't I haven't been to his Senate office down there yet. He's got a copy of Lucille, uh, the the Ugh. the the bat, bat. Uh, walking tall from from Walking Dead. With the with oh, the yeah. Um, walking yeah walking tall, tall. yeah that too <laughs> that what was that bat called it was called something else anyway he's got he's got the uh, copy of that bat w- with the with the uh, <laughs> barbed wire. wire barbed wire wrapped around the end of it framed in his office so so that's probably a good that's a very good point you made there hey you know what you know what here on Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors you know what we embrace women and it's International Women's Month. And we want to recognize them. And in honor of that, we're going to talk about the huge role women are playing in the hunting sports, the shooting sports in Missouri these days. Some new numbers are out. We're going to talk to Emily Porter from the Missouri Department of Conservation when we come back. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors. Carl Middleman bringing the heat here with the music this morning. We we appreciate that, Carl. Thank you. You're welcome. He's so yeah, thoughtful. He is. He really is. It's International Women's Month, Mark. And we embrace that. We 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 celebrate that. Bo, I took my daughter to the range the other day. Nice. Uh, again, I mean, I've, t- I've taken her a number of times, but I, w- I wanted to learn to, to be comfortable. Took a pistol, a couple of semi-automatic handguns, got her used to it, talked to her about safety. Again, those things are important as we're bringing yeah. up strong women in this world. And Emily Porter is with us this morning from the Missouri Department of Conservation. She is a recreational use specialist with the department. And Emily Happy International Women's Month. Hey, thank you so much. And thanks for the invitation to come on with you guys today. Yeah, we're thrilled. We're thrilled we could that we could get you on. We we are. You know, I was just mentioning trying to get my own daughter a little more interested in or at least educated uh, in shooting sports. Maybe you can give us a feel for what you're seeing on your end in terms of, of the interest uh, women are showing in not just outdoor recreation, the shooting sports, and even hunting in Missouri. Yeah, so it's thriving here in Missouri, and that's a a trend we've seen over the last 15 to 20 years, but even just in the last 10. um, 2022, just to give you some numbers, you mentioned that your daughter might be interested, and in all of Hunter Education last year alone, over 30% of Hunter Education graduates were women. Um, So we're seeing that number really uh, be prominent, and we're seeing women wanting to take a, a stance in being able to find their relationship with nature and what that looks like. We're seeing a lot of even our women um, archery deer hunters here in Missouri, it's over 12%. Um, wow. So it's it's not just those weekenders wanting to go out and sit in a deer stand. It's, it's actually women wanting to be active and participating 
um, and 17% of, of hunters in Missouri, over 17% are women. And so we're seeing a lot of that uh, interest peak and in, in people finding ways to engage in nature in, in different ways that makes it their own. Emily, I was uh, raised by a strong woman in the 70s, uh, was my most formative years. She was a, you know, a single mom, business owner. And in the 70s, that was you know, pretty impressive. What do you think the big push is? Is it for self-reliance or uh, self-nurturing uh, that there's this big push that women want to get out there? Or have they just been influenced you know, by uh, you know, what they're seeing in the news. Um, and, and do you think a lot of these women that are getting into the shooting sports or hunting, do you think a lot of them are single? You know, I'm not sure if I would say a lot of them are single or not, but I can see a bigger trend in the last few years of women wanting to do it for themselves. And I mentioned, you know, you having gone out with your dad or gone out with your husband in the past, and that's something you can still do, but there's a, a shift now that's showing up where women are wanting to get out and engage in nature. And you mentioned being self-reliant or being able to, to find their niche hobbies. And there's this, this trend moving on where whether it's for training your dog and doing upland hunting or being self-reliant for your food sources, there's a lot of really food driven um, and uh, motivators going on the last few years and a lot of different uh, demographics that are getting into hunting, but also shooting sports as a, as a whole as being really that niche that is, is stress relieving. It's <laughs> something that you can use it to is. put your mind in a focus, but nature as a healing source has become a very big driver for anybody and being able to, to do something outside that is able to, Take away all of the stimulation that we have in the world and immerse yourself and be a very healing source for you has been something that I think a lot of people are recognizing and women as a part of that conversation are, are realizing that as well. I think that's great. Uh, we're talking to Emily Porter from the Missouri Department of Conservation. Uh, what was your path, Emily? What, what, what led you to this career and uh, were you already involved in hunting and all that prior to getting in, into the Missouri Department of Conservation? Well, it's interesting. I moved around quite a bit as a kid growing up, and we lived a few different places across the Midwest in a few different states. And I grew up spring turkey hunting. And so seeing that interaction with nature and gobbling at something in the spring and having it gobble back at you was just the, the biggest excitement for me as a, as a young child. And I got into shooting sports because I loved, I was in 4-H, I loved the independence that it required you to have to, to do, you know, whatever happens is because of you and your skills and the practice that you've put into it. And when I turned 16 and got my driver's license, the world became much bigger. Um, I, I found that public land was such an outlet for me to learn and to use. And it wasn't like I had to call the landowner the night before to get permission to go. It was available for me. And live in so many different places and going to college and being on your own, I, I found that that was a great outlet for the random schedule that I had and being able to, to get away from it all while still being a, a sustainable food source for myself. I was a broke college kid, I think like many people are. And so deer meat became a very big staple in what I did and, and waterfowl hunting was something. So that was all part of that story. But uh, really what I do now is hoping to provide and working to provide more access for public land for people, whether that's through partner properties or NBC properties and urban deer hunting and helping cities with 
installing an urban deer hunt opportunity for their community um, are all things that have really influenced how I got to where I am now. Excellent. Very well said. It's a, it's a cool story. And, and I think everybody gets into it a little bit differently, but um, you know, in the, in the world of social media, everybody's got their nose in their phone. Uh, it is, a, it, it's a nice, a nice break just to put the phone down, go into the woods and do your thing. Um, but when it comes to social media, there are a, a whole bunch of uh, females that are influencers in the world of hunting. Christy Lee Cook, uh, notably was a top 10 finalist for American Idol She's a huge hunting fan. And matter of fact, she's on the Browning Pro staff team. Um, and I, I follow her on Instagram. And she's got Twitter and everything else, too. But uh, when it comes to, you know, people getting away from their phones, that is an issue. Although now the phones have apps that are there are some tools that can help you along the way. That's how they, they that's how they get us, you know. That's it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but you mentioned getting your driver's license and that was your freedom. And And so many people today, so many young people today, don't even have their driver's license at 25, 26 years old. I'm like, how do you do that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know that. That either. is freedom, man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so so your life in the in the woods has definitely uh, been a positive on your entire being, don't you think? I, I would say yes, it is. And you mentioned social media, and as somebody who identifies as uh, less than 35, I definitely use a lot of social media, and I, I'm a big in. Instagram user as well. And I think that it's really helped provide that support for each other and showing what you can do. Um, Whether you're a big influencer on Instagram and social media, or you're somebody who's just on there uh, socially, you know, checking in at night after work, those are things that you can do to support others and show, hey, this is something that you too can do and that it's accessible. And it's not really, you know, as, as much as our influencers have all of the nice gear and they have the best of the best equipment. There's still ways to engage and do these activities with a low cost barrier and some of just the easiest, cheapest uh, clothing and equipment you can. Um, and here in Missouri, you know, we mentioned archery hunting earlier. It starts in September 15th and that's, it's still pretty warm outside and there's a heck of a lot of daylight. And so for the early season, there, it doesn't have to be bitter cold. It doesn't have to be miserable weather. It doesn't have to be something that you spend 12 hours doing 10 miles from home. It can be as easy as an hour or two after work on a weeknight um, with just the simplest equipment and clothing. Well, you know, I wanted in your to own mention, backyard too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point, uh, Emily. I wanted to mention. I know. I know you work in the Kansas City area. I but, do. but I would imagine across the Missouri Department of Conservation, there are similar programs there that there would be here in the greater St. Louis area. What, what mm-hmm. are, are there programs tailored to women? What, what are some of the things that you help promote? There are some programs tailored to women. And so uh, our entire education branch and our shooting range programming that we do, you've got the bush shooting range there and a number of nature centers in the St. Louis area. Uh, they provide those programming for individuals who are looking at getting into conservation activities and recreation or getting into hunting for the first time. We also provide programs for people who are wanting to take it to that next level. So maybe you've had some experience getting into uh, shooting sports and you're familiar with the basics of being outside, but you want to get into maybe a 102 or a little bit further class on what to do and how to make yourself uh, a little bit more successful if you are hunting or shooting. And so checking out our Missouri website, our mbc.mo.gov website, under our event 
age. And that can list everything from what's closest to you to if there's a specific topic that you're interested in that you're okay with traveling a little ways for, maybe something's in Columbia or up in Hannibal. Those are all programs that are available on our website to sign up for. And the great thing about NBC is that all of our programming is free. So even if you want to come out to the shooting range and you're interested in learning how to shoot for the first time and you need to borrow a gun or you want some instruction, some one-on-one instruction that with your own equipment, those are all things that we can provide. And it's provided to you through MDC for free. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Emily Porter of uh, the MDC, uh, the uh, Department of Conservation. You know, I, I, there's some... There's some people, let me just say, men and women, that are just, they want nothing to do with guns, with (laughs) firearms. They don't like the bang. They don't like the recoil. They don't like any of that. Uh, And that's where bow hunting could really be something for somebody to investigate. And like you said, social media, if there's something for everybody out there, if you're interested in it, look for that. Because, I mean, to me, bow hunting is so much stealthier. You know, it's it's quieter. It's uh, to me, it's more personal. And I, I I would encourage and and I don't without even my encouragement, female bow hunters increased nearly forty percent from oh five to twenty fourteen, according to the state's recruitment uh, uh, report that they have. So that is really impressive. Are you a bow hunter by uh, in 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 the world? I am a bow hunter. I'm an avid bow hunter. I love it. And for a lot of the reasons you just mentioned, uh, I mentioned that I grew up. Uh, turkey hunting and having that interaction with turkeys and having to get them into close range and bow hunting for me was that similar feeling it's very instinctual it's something that challenges you and there's a lot of respect for what you're harvesting that has to happen so measured it has to be so precise and (laughs) there's so much practice that goes into it and and it's it's a very intimate feeling with nature to be able to bow hunt and that's that's one of the biggest things I love. And it's, I can do it close to home. I mentioned those urban bow hunting options. And as somebody who lives in the Kansas City area, there are options across the state even to participate in bow hunting and help with those urban deer management. Um, you know, yeah. we, we have a lot of deer in our city limits, a lot of places. A lot oh, here too. too. <laughs> we just had a segment on the other day about uh, them trying to trim some of the deer out of our uh, uh, suburban areas over here in the St. Louis area as well. So, Emily, uh, I guess a good clearinghouse for all of this is mdc.mo.gov? Yes. Yep. That'll take you to anything you need. You can find our contact information. My counterpart in the St. Louis area that is dedicated to the same work is Leif Schweischkuth. And I would, I'm going to apologize. I'm not spelling that for you guys this morning, but Leif <laughs> is a great, great resource. His information is available online as well. And you can contact any of our offices to get in touch with really what you'd like to do. And we'll put you in the right place. Yeah. They would, they wouldn't answer when we called them. No. No. So that's why we got. That's why we got you, <laughs> Emily. Thanks for joining us on Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. Uh, good luck hunting, and uh, keep your foot on the gas, and encouraging women to get into the shooting sports and hunting. Hey, thank you all so much. Yeah, we appreciate right. that. Happy International Women's Month. Thank Absolutely. you. <laughs> we'll talk again right. soon, Emily Porter. And that's great. I would love my daughter to do that. She might be Bo. What you just mentioned. She she might prefer a bow. Over the gun, to be honest. Sure. I mean, most women would probably prefer bow. 
Bo Matthews. Well, oh, Bo Matthews. Oh, that's well. Then that's a whole nother subject. <laughs> it's a whole nother story. We'll, uh, we'll 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 get into that next week on Second Amendment Radio on the Great. Will Outdoors. we? Will we really? <laughs> now we will. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Have a great rest of your weekend, and uh, thank you for listening to Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. And please share the show, share uh, the podcast on the Odyssey app. See you, boys. And, uh, see you too, ladies. More at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.